Zero, season four, episode seven. Fantastic season four, if you will. I'm BD, joined today by Aaron Perrine. God, I'm still riding. Oh, God. There's still, there's still news happening. Oh, God. What's up, y'all? What's up, Aaron? We got Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. It finally happened. We're finally here. We never thought this day would come, but we're finally here. The, the number of days we thought the day was here and then it wasn't actually here. And now the day is here. And if you know, you know, you've been on the ride. We can finally rest. Jamie Jurek, who was supposed to be resting today. Oh, I'm supposed to be asleep. But you know what? The Valentine, St. Valentine had different plans for all of us. And here we are. St. Valentine had different plans. Indeed. It's a big old phase zero show as a word we have not used on the show in a while applies today. It's a chonky one. Because we woke up to some Fantastic Four news. we The Fantastic Four news. Some movie swapping dates. Mark Ruffalo's been talking, yapping his yap all week long <laughs> about the Hulk. Uh, you know, Mark Ruffalo never knows when to stop. He's been mentioning that Barry guy more than he's keeping Barry employed. Whoever this Barry guy is. Uh, Spider-Man's two new Spider-Verse movies we got to talk about. Madam Web reviews. Uh, we, 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 yeah, that's a thing we got to talk about. Deadpool dropped a trailer and dropped a record. And uh, Aaron's got a spicy nugget for you late in the show. So that's that's today the rundown of today's show. But we got to obviously start with Fantastic Four. The cast is here. Um, let's all go around. Let's just go do a circle. We'll read them one at a time. Like let's this is let's see how, how far we've come in four years of doing Phase Zero. I'll go first. Pedro Pascal is Reed Richards. Vanessa Kirby is Sue Storm. Joseph Quinn is Johnny Storm. Oh, God, you gave me, I don't know how to pronounce Eben Moss Becker's name. I've you never heard it said that it. Okay, it. I should have just rolled with it. I should have just rolled with it. He's the thing. We've got it. I've never watched The Bear, but um, but uh, what a handsome man. Sorry, I really botched that one. As soon as, as, soon as you said that, I was like, no, I'm going to be last. <laughs> so we have the cast, and we now know how to say their names. Eben Moss Becker. <laughs> I think I, I saw... Somebody somewhere, like on a very public forum, I forget what it was, called him Ebon, and they they were like instantly corrected to Eben on the show I was watching. It might have been one of the awards shows, but I don't remember. Eben Moss Backrack, that's how I learned by watching someone else get it wrong. Hey, it happens. Uh, You nailed it on the first try. So, yes, Pedro Pascal is Reed Richards, Vanessa Kirby is Sue Storm, Joseph Quinn is Johnny Storm, Eben Moss Backrack is Ben Grimm, the thing, uh, and the Phase Zero cast perfectly nailed going around the horn and doing it look at us we didn't even rehearse that uh and herbie is herbie so that's cool too this art was released today by marvel studios i woke up i, I opened my instagram and i was like let me post this madam web photo because it's technically madam web day that's what we're supposed to be talking about and then marvel studios had other plans they were like you know what we love you guys here's a valentine's day present be our valentine the fantastic four so this photo is dropped tells us a lot of things in addition to the cast right i mean this seems to be implying that the period piece of it all is coming true. Before we talk about that, though, let's react to the casting news. Anybody have any strong feelings about this? Well, let me tell you right here. <laughs> I'm really excited about Joseph Quinn. Uh, I think he's such a good choice. I'm, uh, I'm really, I just, I'm happy. I'm, I think that the, all these are really good. I will admit a part of me was hoping for a more diverse cast, but I also love these four people well well I, I, with the exception of one i haven't seen a lot in but i'm gonna watch the bear i promise i'm gonna watch the bear um and i just i, I think it's a it's really promising i think that these are four strong people and four hot people and that's that's also really important 
I'm s- I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we finally know. Like, I know this exact list of these four people has been circulating around for a while. So I'm glad that they finally got out and said this instead of like waiting for a convention or something, because this was the perfect way to announce this. And I agree. I'm so excited by these four. Um, Evan and Tatiana Maslani hanging out and being best friends. I already tweeted about this, but Ben Grimm and Jen Walters have like a huge friendship in the comics. So if I ever got the two of them palling around, that is just perfect perfect casting and i can't wait to see that and who knows maybe she hulk shows up in this movie exactly she has canonically been a fantastic four Mm -hmm. member so nothing is impossible it's not impossible i i i don't think sarah finn has missed on casting so while while i think a lot of us have this course sort of all we love pedro pascal feeling and some of us are feeling some of us are feeling this stronger than others i know i love pedro as a human being and as a talent um and i'm sitting here like well that's not that's not the like the personality type of of Reed Richards based on everything he's done before. But then again, I felt that way when he got cast as Joel and you know, he knocked, he knocked the last of us out of the park. It's certainly a little bit of a different Joel than it is in the game, but it works. Like it's not too different, but I thought he was a bit more gruff than Joel was in the game. And then I played back the game. I was like, yeah, maybe Joel was just more gruff than I remembered. But uh, I think Pedro is the best part of his Kingsman movie that he was in. Vanessa Kirby, she's super talented. And also I could watch her watch paint dry and still be entertained. <laughs> Uh, Joseph Quinn is like America's sweetheart right now, especially after Stranger Things. So I think he's going to bring a great charm to Johnny Storm. And Evan Moss Backrack also have not watched. I've watched four episodes of The Bear. Really liked it. Just bad at watching TV that I'm not obligated to watch for work because I forgot how to enjoy stuff genuinely. Uh, And I think him as Ben Grimm can have a great voice for it. It's going to be an interesting character to see how he balances the two. Aaron, sorry, I should have let you go first. We were going around, and I just started yapping. Go ahead. What do you think of this? Oh, no, no, no. I was laughing. I've, I've been playing Chrissy Wake Up in the back of my brain since you started talking. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's funny because people are talking about these people are miscast. Have we not learned let things just let it happen, guys? I just, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. people saying that the Deadpool trailer or Deadpool 3 was going to be messed up because Disney was involved, and you see what happened there, so... Let it let it play out. I'm ecstatic about the you, aesthetic stuff rather than the actors. That's when I will have a lot to say. But it it works. Do you know how many parents had to have a conversation with their kids about a certain verb used in the Deadpool trailer? <laughs> That's all I wanted to talk about on Sunday, but I kept, kept it to myself. <laughs> They're like, what when, is that? Uh, when you asked Jenna to explain what patch was and the way you said it, I almost hit you with the same thing but i but but as a joke okay so do we want to explain what patch is uh yeah no there that's a conversation that definitely happened and if it didn't happen now thanks to us it did happen uh yeah now this fantastic forecast i think we're all pretty excited about it also uh, i i again i think the bottom line here is that Sarah Finn really has yet to miss on casting in the mcu i think Sarah Finn is one of the best casting directors there should be an award for casting in the oscars in my opinion I think that that uh, she's she's just really really good. Yeah, people in the comment section are like which verb? Well, it's not Marvel <laughs> Jesus. Um, what else we got here? Wesley Burt and Jenna, did you add that note? Yeah. So the concept art, the art itself was created by Wesley Burt, who's a concept artist for Marvel. Just so we can start getting his name out there, because the art is incredible, and he deserves praise for making that art. All right, Wesley Burt. I'm not familiar with Wesley Burt, but it sounds like we're about to be. Um, you want to give a crash course on Herbie? 
Yes. So I, <laughs> I knew you'd be excited for this one. I have, I'm a little Whoa! action figure ready to go. I So Herbie exists because when they made the Fantastic Four cartoon, uh, they didn't want Johnny Storm to be in the cartoon because they were like the, the image of a character who can like light himself on fire could potentially be dangerous to the young children watching it. And so <laughs> they swapped him out with Herbie. And he is a little robot who is kind of the sidekick and occasional fourth member of the Fantastic Four in the right context. And the fact that he now is seemingly confirmed for this movie has me ecstatic. I feel like they are going to stunt cast someone amazing to voice him, and I'm very excited for that. Man, who, the, I didn't even think about who's going to voice Herbie. That's going to be that's going to be special. That's a big opportunity there. Uh, I, I heard yesterday that the Fantastic Forecast was going to be announced today, like <laughs> in a way that I was like confident it was true, but I was also not confident enough to go out there and like spill these beans. Like, well, hey, everybody, because there, you know, with this cast. But when I heard it was going to be a Valentine's Day announcement, I was like, maybe it is Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. Like, I had the thought, even though we know it's Pedro, but I was like, maybe <laughs> that's why they're doing. And then no, I didn't know who it was. I, I, I like knew I've known Vanessa Kirby for a while. Pedro Pascal, I've accepted because it's come from very reliable sources. Uh, the other two, Joseph Quinn and Evan Moss, backrack, have been tossed around a lot. But then when I heard it was going to be a Valentine's Day announcement, I was like huh, there's been so much back and forth on this cast. Maybe it is going to be Emily and John. But no, it's uh, Pedro and Vanessa and Joseph and Evan. Uh, so yeah. All right, I think that's our that's our Fantastic Four chatter. Uh, other we than have the, to talk about the 1960s of it all. Yeah, We oh, have please. to talk about that. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Aaron teed it up. So I'll let Aaron go first, because I know I have preached about this being a 60s period piece on the show so often. So Aaron, go ahead. And a weekend where everybody talks about all these movies looking the same and they, oh, look, Deadpool actually moved the camera when literally the movie <laughs> came out before this moved the camera a ton. It's just that, you know, most of you saw it on Disney+. Plus. I really love the choice to really let Matt Shackman get back into his bag, get back in his wide division bag and get to a period piece and really do things like I am ecstatic about the little weird parts of this trip, like like the little little concept art that came up white boots and white gloves this is not going to be this very crazy dark thing this this there's a spirit of optimism that the 50s and 60s like carry in american culture that i really feel like will come through with the four of them and herbie the life magazine the space race stuff all that stuff so i am i'm really excited to see what it is although i i feel kind of weird for poor Max shack but it's like will he ever get to be in the present Will he ever, ever get to be the president ever? Who knows? <laughs> I wish he would. I don't want a period piece. Uh, you're so wrong for that, BD. I and uh, Jenna, go. The, we, this is not our first rodeo of trying to make the Fantastic Four work as a movie. And I think one thing that the previous incarnations was missing was the Fantastic Four are so heavily rooted in the 60s, like more so than most comic concepts they are rooted in the era in which they were created and i think that there, this is a really nice way to honor that i think logistically there are so many ways they can justify this being set in the 60s and it not messing up what the canon is you can just treat them like space explorers that disappeared and only have a reputation as that and not as superheroes you can throw them in the negative zone and that explains how they get to the present day there are ways to make it work and i think that fact coupled with the aesthetic like possibility of it i am so so excited the the aesthetic 
especially like even though legion didn't take place in the 60s it had a 60s aesthetic and it looked so good the costume possibility the visual possibility to make some of this practical it could look feel so lived in and look so good and rich but also if this didn't take place in the 60s i'd be pissed because dr strange says didn't you chart in the 60s and if that line was ignored i know but he knew, but oh, clearly well, yeah. if he knows them, he knows them from his own universe. Yeah. And I know that the argument, like, well, then why haven't we heard of them before? Jenna, as Jenna said, there are a million ways to explain why they haven't been around. Just like that, that 1991 Fantastic Four movie where they go out <laughs> in space for a while and come back. I don't know why I've seen that, but I have. It's on YouTube. Hell yeah. uh, but like, it's just, <laughs> I think that it opens up so many possibilities. It, it, it can make sense. It's, Unlike where it's like, we're all asking, where were the Eternals? What have the Eternals been doing? I think that they can not do that this time with the Fantastic Four and, make it, and make it work. If they're trapped out there, whatever, they come back. Or it's just all in the 60s and maybe they're just dead now. That'd be fine, too. <laughs> have it be its own, Stop. its own thing. Why not? I mean, seriously, why not? Why not have a timeline running in the 60s? I don't care. Make it a different timeline. Who cares? I think it's there's just so much. There's so much that this could just look good. And because of how WandaVision looks, especially when they did the 50s episode and did it all practically, I have such faith in Matt. I'm I'm like so hyped for all of this. I uh, my my biggest co- complaint throughout the past 3 years of the MCU has not been the visual palette. It's been the connectivity that has just been non-existent. So this is just another step towards not connecting to anything else if it's in the past, which I still think it could be a very good movie. It could be very cool set in the 60s it, and I have not complained about the visual palette. I think it was cool that Eternals did something different. I think Shang-Chi was one of the most beautifully shot MCU movies they've had. I think the visual palette has been pretty diverse and and nice in the multiverse saga, but also I'm not complaining about the visual palette. I'm not I, my thing is I want these characters to connect. I want their stories to connect. I want to see it all come together. And now that we're doing Fantastic 4 in the past, they're guaranteed not to come together and it's another potential plot hole which happened in the first Captain Marvel movie. It happened in Eternals. It took until the Marvels for Captain Marvel's non involvement in Thanos or or the earlier issues on Earth to actually make any sense. The Eternals still doesn't make any sense. Like the Eternals just I don't want to be a hater on that movie because I know I'm not its biggest fan and I know it already gets overhated, but that storyline that they had just didn't make sense on why they weren't there because Thanos snapping completely set back their entire goal as their existence, the reason for their existence across the universe, not just on Earth. And they were like, nah, never mind, but we will get involved now. I don't know, the whole thing. I just want connectivity. This movie could take place in present day. It I could just to start in this I am sure this movie will not end in the 60s. I would bet any money right here now that but when this movie's over, it's not going to be in the 60s anymore. I was about to say that. Out. I feel like this is a very, like people are viewing this as a very black and white dichotomy. I think that there is still a way to have sequences set in the 60s or the inciting incident to be the 60s, but this entire movie is not entirely a period piece. I think that that is the direction they're going to take. Oh, that would be cool. I mean, listen, can, can, I, go ahead. I was like, can I, can I take one Aaron Wild swipe into, yeah. into the future? Because uh, yeah. those are fun. Uh, I think that if they were to go into space and they hit, hit with the cosmic, like the cosmic waves that like give them their powers, but it gives them their powers, but it doesn't just give them their powers. What if hitting it with the cosmic rays makes them all time slip and Reed has to go to the TVA? Yeah. Does that make you a little bit more excited? It has the exact same weird Whoa. 60s 
aesthetic. I mean, listen, that could be cool. That could be cool. That could be really cool. Uh, the bringing the TVA, that was one of the most exciting things about the Deadpool 3 trailer. I popped when I saw there was connectivity with Loki. I love when the MCU starts making things cohesive and connected. I'm not saying every single story needs to like be a direct connection and act like, but just anything. There's been so little of it other than like Yelena showing up in Hawkeye and a couple little things and a, and a little tiny blink and you miss it. If you don't listen to phase zero, you had no idea it was there excerpt in she Hulk's episode about the Eternals hand. So I just want to see that stuff. I think, I think fantastic. I'm still very, very excited for fantastic four. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I think if we didn't know secret wars was coming, I would get your trepidation and your worry, but I think like they are, they have a plan. They have been de developing this movie in one capacity or another for several years at this point. I think they know how this is all going to connect. I think we're going to get those little Easter eggs and franchise connections, even in the sequences that are set in the sixties, this is all going to still connect. Even if the aesthetic is something else. I see Pete Damon quote saying, other than the connectivity, there is no connectivity. It's just, <laughs> when you recognize the difference, I think everybody recognizes the difference. Biddy, you are so right. Like, you're absolutely yeah. right. It's just, we're in a place right now that we're not used to. We had a whole phase four without this and that's and I, I totally understand where you're coming from uh and i know we're giving you a hard time well, yeah, no, but I, mean, I really it would I be boring think, if we all agreed this would yeah. be a boring show if we all exactly agreed. Yeah. yeah i do think though that it is gonna this is gonna tie in i really do i i, I, I um, have to yeah as much as i personally don't care i do think it will <laughs> I mean, I think it has to because somebody pointed you or one of you guys just said Secret Wars is coming. Jen, I think it was you. Yeah. Uh, the, the Secret Wars is very close behind this, especially in the not just in the time between releases, but the number of titles between releases. There's not a lot happening between Fantastic Four and Avengers Secret Wars. So I think that they have to start, you know, building to this. And we actually have some Secret Wars stuff to talk about late in the show. When we get to that Deadpool and Wolverine trailer uh, later on. Uh, and, and one of the Easter eggs we missed in our immediate reaction bonus episode that we did on Sunday night. Um, last thing on Fantastic Four, or if there's anything else added after this, but it swapped release dates with Thunderbolts. Fantastic Four moved back to July 25th, 2025, and Thunderbolts moved up to May 2nd, 2025. This puts Fantastic Four in the same month as Superman Legacy, July 2025. We are going to be eating well. Chonky diet. <laughs> Why? That's too much. I mean, for not for us. I mean, obviously, that's not for much, too much for us. But that's too much for the average movie-going family. Uh, we've learned that. I think that, that, I think that like spread it out. Um, it, it's it's not about fatigue, whatever. It's about expense. <laughs> and two huge comic book movies coming out in the same month is just bad for the economy. I'm gonna say it. Uh, it's not about. It's dead. That's what it comes down to, hands down. Uh, they, I know that these all these studios are in competition with each other, but they're not thinking about the bigger picture, and that is audiences and what they can physically do and afford. Yeah, that makes a lot. I mean, that to take a family for both these movies would be over two hundred dollars. You know, I that makes a lot I, of sense. I also, I'm sorry, I want to say like people are like, what about Barbenheimer? Barbenheimer is such an insane phenomenon. Also, you mm. have to realize that Barbie and Oppenheimer are deeply different. That is yeah. part of the draw of Barbenheimer. They could not be more different. Superman Legacy and Fantastic Four, was it Thunderbolts? Whatever one. Those are the same genre. They're similar films. Mm -hmm. Having a day at the movies about those movies is a dream for all of us. Everyone listening to this podcast, everyone on this panel, that sounds like an amazing day at the movies. But that is not like that is not Barbenheimer. You can't stop using Barbenheimer. That is 
such a Barbenheimer is the exception of the rule. Thank you. Exactly. I, I, I will say this swap does make me happier because with the century of it all with Thunderbolts, I was going to be more worried about that conversation if it was two weeks after a Superman movie and having kind of a Superman sort of pastiche exist in that movie. So I'm glad that now, even to Jamie's point, which I totally agree with, at least like FF and Superman Legacy are two distinctly different movies, even if they fit in the same genre. So I'm at least happy for that. Yeah, I I, I just love, love that everybody's coming around. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long two years. <laughs> this is a classic category three. Um, people who watch Nick Wright will get it. Uh, I, I really think it would be really interesting to have them both in the same month. I mean, how gnarly would it be for James Gunn and Feige to walk out in Comic-Con and be like, we're going to package them together the same way. <laughs> but that's probably not going to happen. I think that yeah. one of them probably should move. And I think that this movie probably, unfortunately, probably should move because it's been how long since the Superman movie? Um, it's going to be a, especially it'll depend on the trailers for these things too. Like whichever one of these has like the more like awe-inspiring like trailer. And it's going to be hard to beat whatever the heck James Gunn has planned for Superman. Um, from everything we've heard, it's there's it's, a chance Superman Legacy beats Fantastic Four. The I, I really think what I've heard too. You know? yeah. yeah. So so I don't know, but yeah. I but also can I please tell everybody too to calm down. This nonsense when Iger didn't say Thunderbolts <laughs> in the freaking thing. Like that man knows. Like he has the entire slate in front of him while he's on a freaking investor call. Just wait for wait for the tweets. Wait for Feige to stroll out there and tell us what's going on, guys. It's not hard. Because now you got people saying, there's no blade. So blade's not happening in 2025. <laughs> I mean, actually, is it? Are we sure? Do you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Fam, okay. And we when we're in San Diego and, and Blade gets announced in 25, you got you got I got a drink on you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It'll, be drink, All right. it'll be a celebratory drink because finally That's right. you can actually believe the damn movie's coming. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm oh. I'm just the I'm just the, the negative Nancy on today's show, man. I'm just here to play antagonist on phase zero. I mean Blade should be. I, I don't think I, Bob Iger not mentioning Blade, it does not make me worry about Blade any more than I was already worried about Blade, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't yeah. up my anxiety for that movie or my doubt that it exists. I think realistically Blade exists, but it is fun to joke constantly about the fact that it freaking doesn't. Uh so I think Blade is still coming, but who knows when? Hopefully, hopefully late 2020. 25. Three movies oh. in 2025. That'll be a dub. That'll yeah. be that'll be solid, especially after Deadpool three. Just to, is the only Marvel Studios movie uh, in 2024. We had a Marvel movie today, but we'll we'll talk about that in, in a bit. Hey, Pedro already acknowledged the casting. Did cool. he? Yeah, he's on IG so playing. Quinn. Yeah, he's playing All You Need Is Love by the Beatles. Hell yeah, on IG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Delightful. Oh, I just got our show. No, stop. Stop. <laughs> ah. uh, from your family, from our family to yours, the Fantastic Four Theaters, July 25th, 2025. All you need is love. There you go. Good job, Pedro. We love Pedro. Come on the uh, show. Well, yeah. yeah. I'll follow Joseph Quinn. Let's see. I had to go pull him up. He, he didn't, just wrote he didn't fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> there we go. All right. Throw it it's away. It's just him shredding on IG. <laughs> it's just him shredding yeah. hard. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, y'all. We're going to take a quick break. We got a lot more to talk about Hulk movies or not. Mark Ruffalo spilling things that he shouldn't be spilling, things that also just aren't even in the cup to be spilt in the first place. Spider-Verse, couple couple movie news announcements, the confusion, uh, and Madam Web reviews. And then there's a couple things with Deadpool 3 trailer we still got to talk about. So we will see you in one moment. Subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. Thank you for joining us today. See you in a moment. back to phase zero thank you to all our new subscribers you legends joining us on the youtube channel we do this every wednesday by the way if you go back at our recent episodes we have a deadpool and wolverine immediate reaction episode that we had tons and tons of people hanging with us for on sunday night we did it live so that was a fun episode you can go check out we had zowie ashton talking about the marvels on monday full interview there we had the madam web uh review we have the madam web cast we have a madam web bonus episode this friday with full spoilers dissecting that movie and then on monday we have the madam web director sj clarkson for uh, a spotlight episode so lots to come on the phase zero channel whether you're listening to us uh in podcast form or you are watching us on youtube just subscribe leave thumbs up and five stars and all that stuff and uh here we are to talk about mark ruffalo and the status of the hulk which he seems to know a lot about and nothing at all uh this was at a variety panel right or what was that it was at it was at a film festival, oh, okay, like okay. some sort of career thing. I can't remember exactly the name. So, yeah. So they said, uh, I watched the video. Did you guys watch the full clip? Yeah. So she says, like, uh, you know, she asked him about a Hulk movie. And he says, Kevin Feige told me we will not do a solo Hulk movie, but we're going to tell a Hulk story across four movies. So then he looks at the crowd and they're like, how's that sound? And the crowd, no pop. Uh, <laughs> it was interesting. Uh, and so then she said, well, but your next one is Captain America brave new world and he's just like yeah and so she says well, what can you say about that and he's like if she's can you talk about that he said yes uh it's gonna be great so the whole world goes oh so mark ruffalo is playing the hulk in captain america brave new world a uh, couple hours later it is debunked no mark ruffalo is not playing the hulk in captain america brave new world and i believe what happened there was mark ruffalo heard like your next one is captain america brave new world and he heard your like we like marvel like that's their next one, even though their next one is Deadpool three. So I could see how that. I don't know what he actually meant. I'm giving Mark Ruffalo the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he's in Captain America: Brave New World. I want him to be though, because so yeah. many of his people are. I want to see him with Liv Tyler. Oh, you want to see activity? Oh, you want to see? You want to see? Oh, I want to see. That? I want to see Mark Ruffalo and Liv Tyler act in a in the scene together yes i'm sorry aside from what if sue me bd uh oh, welcome to the light welcome it, it's to got the i mean no it's got leader it's 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 got um huge red hulk rumors we've seen so many rumors even though there's rumor. claims not to know <laughs> um uh so i yeah i think that he should pop up in this movie but i also do believe he misunderstood that question I also believe there's a chance he was in the movie and he is no longer in the movie. Same with Seth Rollins. Oh, uh, yeah. I think that that movie is getting tremendously overhauled. So maybe there's a chance that they cut the Hulk and they're like, well, let's not set the expectation. Let's manage this out of the gate. If they go to this movie, they don't get Hulk and they thought they were getting Hulk. They're going to be pissed. Yes, we would have. So who knows? But yeah, I, I agree. It makes sense that he would be in the movie. I would love to see him in this movie because I love connectivity too. <laughs> 
I agree with Jamie. I, I think that it, it sucks if he's not actually in this movie. I, I don't doubt that he probably was in this movie in some capacity. But also, we still are almost a year away from this movie. I think like exactly a year away like to the date. So who knows what will happen between now and then. Maybe he could be back in it. Maybe he was just misunderstanding the question. I don't know. We'll talk about it whenever we learn. <laughs> Geez, so it'll be four movies in 25. I had forgotten about yeah. them, to be honest. I yeah. forgot like before May. Yeah, I thought you meant those three of like yeah, not no, including Blade. That's what I thought you meant. I just so. thought I thought I started in May and I went to the rest of the year and I didn't look ahead. I forgot that there was one an earlier movie in the year. Oh man, Cap's not that far away. That's exciting. That's exciting. Ooh. Jenna, one day we're gonna get Serpent Society. One day. One day. It's been not. it's been forever. It's just me and Jenna sitting at the end of a dock, looking <laughs> sad. Uh, somebody tries to build us a house because we forget where we are. Um, I Kevin, just Kevin Feige. <laughs> oh, Kevin, thank you, BD. He, um, he said, "I am a visionary. I am a revolutionary. I'm taking you out of the movie." <laughs> Poor Seth. I mean, the the red carpet look for Seth would have been tremendous uh, yeah. on the Brave New World carpet. Oh, my God. Um, Seth Rollins' wrestling gimmick keeps the most ambitious costume designer employed. I swear it. <laughs> One person at WWE is like, finally. Like, whoever the Edna Mode is in the, the bowels <laughs> of the Performance Center, she's like, yeah, I found my muse. Um, so that's a little weird. I don't know what exactly, because they're reworking apparently sequences and who knows what that means i don't i don't know um i was kind of hoping that it was going to be a sam kind of focused thing but it seems like we're doing a lot of heavy lifting for the rest of it and because you're shortening and cutting stuff down and doing whatever it is that they say they're doing whatever that's that's a necessary evil um if that means you don't get ruffalo that's a little bit weird at least a little bit sad like in its own sort of weird little way but also Aaron wanted this to be a Sam Wilson movie and what we're getting is Avengers uh, 4.6 and <laughs> from what it sounds like so you know you have to just deal with it and poor Mark he just can't get in front of a microphone him and Tom Holland just you just cannot put them in front of any sort of recording device. What, Brandon? What do you have your phone out? What, what's what's going on? <laughs> I got a clip. I got a clip. I want to play the play a little exclusive. I don't. I th- I'm pretty sure this is published on the comic book channel. But this is what the, watch Seth Rollins' body language when he hears Captain America. And I do think he's probably not in the movie anymore, and he might already know it. Rewind just a little bit because I got. I love play. that you could have like queued this up for real, and instead you're just playing it from your phone. I didn't know he thought of it right it. now. Yeah. So um, I can't wait to find out who it's going to be. Oh, God. No, Brandon. That was almost, you know, almost. Oh, my God. What's happening? It shows you where I recorded. Why? What is this new life? I should have done this a lot smoother. Loading the clip would have been a lot better. Technology. Jamie. (laughs) Jamie. Play. Uh, can you say anything about what it was like to work with Marvel? What you know, what, what you kind of got to do there? What maybe you learned from that sort of environment? Um, I, I, I'm not allowed to say much, uh, but I, I will say uh, it's been an incredible experience so far, and I'm very, very much looking forward to uh, seeing what's to come. Thanks. That and he was he was Seth Rollins for the whole interview, and that doesn't like Seth Rollins the character. Maybe because he's not talking about wrestling, he gets a little you know more less. Less of this, more just kind of serious. But I don't know. I, I hope he's in the movie, but we'll see. We'll see. Man, are there like know. other rumors that 
uh, back this up that he's not in it, or is well, it a vibe you got? It well, there's there's plenty of rumors claiming that Serpent Society stuff is no longer in the film. Okay, I missed that. Yeah. So I thought you were just like, who knows, that's true. who knows if that's true? And it is also a vibe I got. But his wife was also cut from Eternals. Yeah. So it's just their destiny. Oh. I didn't run from it. The the cutting room floor still arrived. <laughs> that's which is a bummer. But yeah, Becky Lynch was cut out of Eternals, and Seth Rollins possibly cut out of Cat Four, just like the Hulk, apparently. Um, all right, Spider Man. Did you guys watch this clip about Amy Pascal? Did y'all watch this one? Yeah, I, I, I read it. <laughs> I read it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this was definitely in an interview with Variety. Amy Pascal was asked, "When are you going to do Miles Morales in live action? Where's that movie?" And she says, "We're we after two more after we do two more movies." And she points at the Spider Verse crew. And then he passes the mic. Was it Phil Lord that was right there, or Chris Miller? Phil Lord, right? Passes the mic, says, "What do you think?" And they're just like, "Well, she she's the boss, yeah, she knows." And then Amy Pascal adds, "Like, yeah, we're really happy doing animation." So in text, when I first read it, I was like, "Oh, maybe she means like a Tom Holland movie and Spider Verse or two. But she very clearly gestures to the team of the animated Spider Verse movies and says, "We have two more movies to do." Now that would be news, right? I, I will point out, because I feel like this part's missing from this whole conversation. They had previously announced around the first movie that there would be a Spider-Women animated spinoff of like Gwen and Jessica Drew and like that kind of sort of movie. And so that could be the other movie that she's talking about. I'll be here for it. On uh, Monday, Aaron and I were at the Madam Web premiere. We were on the red carpet and we talked to Shamik Moore. And uh, I asked him, I said... Amy Pascal said this. She made it seem like two more Spider-Verse movies. Is there a fourth one? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, but not, he said it in a way that makes me feel like he wasn't hiding anything. I don't, I think that everyone's like misunderstanding. I think Amy misunderstood herself. Um, uh, so, but I, I would be you. here for it. And, and also when Jamie asked, could you give us a little bit about Beyond the Spider-Verse? He quietly replied, Oh, I'll be there. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Champion. You think me nothing. Nothing. <laughs> he said in another interview, I forget who he said it to, but he said that it's the best movie of the three. Great. I, I, that would have been better. Than, why didn't he tell me that? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, why did he give out to Jamie? What the hell? <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so do, I, I do think that there is, a, they're probably doing two more two more Spider-Verse movies or maybe like, you know, beyond the Spider-Verse and that spinoff Jenna just brought up. I think that that's probably what's happening. And I'm fine with that, man. I, I think it's surprising that Miles Morales is not being fast-tracked to live action. He's the hottest character in the world. And instead we're getting Madam Web and El Muerto. But <laughs> hey, man, I'm not a studio executive. I don't know the numbers behind these things. I don't know what goes into it. So I don't mind them just letting animated Miles have his whole story and his whole arc and then eventually getting to live action Miles. Like it, it feels like an inevitability, but I think in the meantime, they're making Miles like more special by just having him be an animation so far. You should have seen if you go back, listeners, if you watch the clip later after you watch the rest of Phase Zero, like look at Joaquin DeSantos's face and Justin Thomas's face. Like they are like, ma'am. Why don't don't bring us into it? We're just we're just sitting here making our cartoons. Please please stop saying Amy things. Has to these a people. meme generator. 
turns other people into memes. <laughs> Kevin Feige will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Ben Affleck. Yeah, I mean. All right, so it's probably two more Spider Verse movies. All right, Madam Web though, talking about Sony Marvel <laughs> movies. The Madam Web. Seventeen percent at the time of this broadcast on Rotten Tomatoes. Cue up Rhea Ripley's theme song. It is brutality. I mean, stop! It's <laughs> dead already. Just stop. The movie is getting thrashed. I I I saw several people just calling this the worst movie they've ever seen. And I, I, it's not that far off for me. It's not a good movie, in my opinion. And it sucks to say that. But And, and we gave this a 5.35 out of 10 for the first ever Phase Zero review score. Our combined scores were 5.35. We have a full spoiler-free review available now. But I am shocked to see the gloves come off on this movie. But I also just didn't enjoy it myself. Uh, and I, I thought maybe, like I, I think I said this on Tuesday, maybe... Uh, I went in preconceived. I didn't like the trailer or I was tired or tried to make excuses. And I was like, you know what? No, I, I feel kind of maybe a little bit validated because it seems a lot of other people didn't like it too. But 70% is rough. What is Morbius? I'll look it up. Yeah. What do you guys think of this though? Well, I, I'll say I, I, it's, not, it's not a good movie. It's not. We can't sugarcoat it. But to say it's the worst movie you've ever seen to me yeah. is like crazy. Because yeah, I have sat through movies where like I wanted to peel my eyelids off and then glue them permanently over my <laughs> eyeballs so that I couldn't <laughs> see anything. And this, I was like, I had a fine time watching this movie. Yeah. I, I was just like in it, you know, I, 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 you know, I didn't have the best time of my life, but I certainly didn't have the worst time of my life. I, I, so I am surprised at that harshness, but then, but then again, I'm not because when so many comic book movies are coming out and mm -hmm. we've had so many different, weird, cool shoot for the stars type of ideas. And then we're just going to like your basic origin. And it's not even like you're hitting that mark. People are going to be harsher than they would. If this movie had come out in 2003, it, mm -hmm. it would be different. I just feel like, I mean, also, I'm going to say this. I think I, I enjoyed Morbius more than Madam Web. Like, and I didn't really enjoy Morbius. I'm open about how betrayed <laughs> I felt by Morbius. For, for the audio listeners, all three of us just shook our heads in like perfect unison. <laughs> but like, at least Morbius told an origin story and had cool action scenes. Like, I can't even say that for Madam Web. Like, the music was good. Madam Web treated me like I was stupid. And sometimes I am. In its in in its defense, it might have known I was watching, and sometimes I am pretty dumb. But the dialogue of that movie, like it couldn't it couldn't resist explaining literally everything from the very first scene. But at least they had characters that I cared about a little bit, like yeah. which is not the case for Morbius. Like yeah, I, yeah, I, I like the other day when you said Matt Smith's character's name, and I was like, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember any of the people from that movie. That to me is why Madam Web is better. It might not be as action packed, but a pact is stretching it too. But like, at least I left being like, I like those girls. I will say, you I like, like that it had like, oh, that, that's such a. <laughs> oh no. Save it for Friday. <laughs> Whatever you were about to say. Yeah, well, we, we are going to get heated on Friday, everybody. So we make are. sure you subscribe to the channel. I always got to plug the subscribe every opportunity I get. We love you for it. Madam <laughs> Web spoiler filled discussion is going down this Friday. I hope you're sitting down. 
<laughs> as we said on our Tuesday episode, if you go into this expecting, like we said, a, a superhero project movie or TV show from like the 2000s, you are going to enjoy it a little bit more. If you like BD kind of go in having a certain preconceived notion about the trailer and expecting it to be a very formulaic modern day superhero movie, you're going to, it's going to be jarring. So I get that. I do think the reviews are about where I would expect it to be, but they are still a little harsh. Part of me does wonder if this movie was the exact same quality wise. And it also starred just like random male Spider-Man characters. If the reviews would be as low as they are, but that's a whole separate. Morbius, ha- Morbius has a 15. Well, then there we go. Then three of us on this panel are justified. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 yeah, that, uh, I mean, I agree with that in a lot of cases, but I think in this case, it's just not a good movie. Like, I think that that is a very thing that, and maybe for some That's people fair. who did watch the movie, that yeah. is a thing that happened. But in the case, like, more, like, it was, yeah, uh, I don't have anything nice to say. Aaron, you got anything you want to weigh in here before we move on? Uh, I would just like to credit All in the Game over on YouTube for pointing out that the screenwriters, uh, Burke Sharpless and uh, Matt Sazama, that they worked on Gods of Egypt. And that's the exact genre of movie yeah. I was joking around about in the preview. Yeah. That's exactly like perfect. Classitized remake, uh, Underworld, you know, just like stuff that was just on FX in 03. So that's fine. But also, I agree with Jenna. If this is the worst movie you've seen, I'm like, I need you to go onto your computer and go onto Tubi and hit the (laughs) random button or just pick one. Just spin around in your office chair or spin around in your, you you know, you got a baseball bat. Get that down. Get around a couple times and pick a movie. And I guarantee you, almost 100%, it will probably be worse than Madam Web. Yeah. Probably. I know you're all watching those Hallmark Christmas movies. I know. <laughs> See, I can watch those two and they're bad. They're good, but some it's funny. Some of them are better than Madam Web. Yeah, some of them. I mean, what, wait them. a second. Some of them. <laughs> Don't know about <laughs> all of them. Some of them. There's like 700. You're about yeah. to get one. Oh, yeah, yeah, so if you play so Dizzy Bat, if you play Dizzy Bat and pick a movie, you might get one. You might get one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, there's a couple more details from the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer that we want to talk about. Uh, connections to Loki, connections to Secret Wars, some big stuff in that that's going to be fun to talk about. And it's freaking incredible record that it broke. So it's a great opportunity to subscribe to the channel on YouTube right now. If you haven't, I'm wait. I'm looking at you. Press subscribe. Okay, thanks. We're gonna take a quick break. Welcome back to Phase Zero, the final edition, final portion of this chunky show is Deadpool and a spicy nugget of the week. So let's start with Deadpool. First of all, this movie. Broke Spider-Man No Way Home's trailer views record. It is the most watched movie trailer of all time in just 24 hours with 365 million views. That's a lot. I think that includes the people who watched the promo that aired during the Super Bowl. Okay. I think now I saw some debates about this because the Super Bowl promo wasn't the full trailer, right? It was yeah. just no, a it wasn't. TV spot. So I, I I saw people like debating this and I can't I, I tried to find out the real answer and couldn't. When you look at the numbers on YouTube and stuff, it seems like it kind of has to. Because, like, the Marvel Entertainment one has, like, 17 million views. Like, I'm sure if you compile everything from social media to YouTube to everything that has that where this trailer has been watched, it's hundreds of millions of views. But is it 365 million? I don't know. If you add 129 million from people who watched the Super Bowl, yeah. then that's a nice 
you know, chunk to get it there. I want to add, like, people are like, oh, even if it did, this does count the Super Bowl numbers, right? And people are like, this is, they're just lying because it's a Super Bowl. Think about all the other really big trailers that were dropped. Think about the, the trailers that have been dropped throughout all the other Super Bowls. I know this was the most watched, but the Super Bowls are all pretty watched. And I mean, you know, like, there were a lot of big trailers that dropped this year. We got Kingdom of Planet of the Apes, we got yep. Wicked, we got Twisters. What? So what? I, I, even if that it counts, that's still not discrediting how many people watch this trailer that's yeah. a lot of people and i want to I, I tweeted this but if you missed it i think this is like this kind of blew my mind because we've known that hugh jackman's in this movie for a year and a half we uh we've known this for so long we've been celebrating i was texting with my dad this morning because he's like why are you awake and i was like well i'm doing phase zero this morning because huge marvel news dropped and obviously mm -hmm. i was referring to the fantastic four but my dad saw that and he goes yeah wolverine like <laughs> like my dad is a normal just human being and he learned <laughs> during the super bowl that wolverine is coming back and that like that we need to remember yeah we live on a different internet we are so plugged into this but most people out there got some huge news this week and that is that hugh jackman is playing wolverine again and that's kind of wild i haven't seen the super bowl spot i heard it was very different from the trailer yeah and it didn't have the TVA or Matthew McFadden in it. That's what I was told. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. So we'll see. But yeah, either way, like you said, that's a ton. Of, that's a ton of views that that Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes isn't boasting. That Wicked isn't boasting. That Kung Fu Panda 4 doesn't have. Uh, and I'm sure they all did very well. But, you know, Disney blasted out. This is the most viewed trailer of all time, as they should with the numbers they have. However, they found them. And I think the movie's going to do really well. It just was between Fantastic Four Superman Legacy, which releases that same month, this Deadpool stuff, I feel like the temperature on this stuff is starting to come back around and people are like getting excited again and it makes me happy. Makes me feel good. I don't know. That's just me though. Anyway. People... People are arguing, I see like, oh, superhero fatigue, no, that's not real, right? And I think that there's more nuance to this conversation. Because yeah. Deadpool and Wolverine is, is clearly an event movie. I mean, you have to, like, Guardians last year made a lot of money. Because it's it's the kind of thing, these smaller movies, because it's an, it is an oversaturated market. There's mm -hmm. no denying. And, and and there is truth to fatigue in that. There's a, But there are also a lot of factors. I've said this in the podcast before. My mom used to go to the movies every week she's not been once since pandemic started so there's it's we're living in a completely different time and and to just chalk it up to yes or no superhero fatigue i think is 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 lazy and there's no critical thinking there there are so many factors to these and yes i'm sorry i think deadpool wolverine is going to cross a billion dollars i absolutely do uh, if it gets a china release it definitely will yeah um it like you look at madam web if it, Madam Web, even even if it had an eighty percent review score, I don't think Madam Web was going to go crush at the box office in twenty twenty four. But in twenty seventeen, Madam <laughs> Web could have been like a six hundred million dollar movie with a seventy percent review score, right? Like maybe five hundred million. A spider, a Spider Man, loosely tied, promoted as though it is tied. Her web connects them all, even if the producer <laughs> says it's we saw an advantage in not connecting to Spider Man. So, uh. It, it, superhero fatigue, I think, is a factor, but it's not like the factor in a sense. You know what I mean? So 
I think it goes back to what Jamie was saying earlier about how expensive it is to go to the movies and people having to like make that judgment on a case by case basis, because just seeing the second wave of people watching the Marvels and thoroughly enjoying it proves that point because they didn't necessarily go to a theater and see it. But the second that they were able to see it at home, they thoroughly enjoyed it and they supported it how they could. And also Marvel was a pressure cooker from 2008 to 2019 building to Endgame and it got more and more pressure and more and more pressure and more and more pressure because you had to go see it. You had to be there. You couldn't have it spoiled. You had to be part of the conversation. And then in 2019, especially in 2020, that pressure cooker released when the story ended in a sense. And there were still a lot of people sitting around it who were very excited, all of us who were hyped for WandaVision, for Loki, for Falcon Winter Soldier, for Black Widow, for Shang-Chi. And, but that pressure has dissipated and it's going to hopefully it builds again. Hopefully with, you know, what they're doing here and all the characters they've introduced and they start doing it, we start getting the Secret Wars, that pressure cooker starts to get it, get the grasp back in. But uh, it certainly had to release at some point. People in the comments are also mentioning like, well, it also affects movies are just bad. Yes. As I said, yeah. we have to talk nuance and factors. But again, that's not everything. Look at Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. It had like a 95% Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah. And it still was, was I think, one of one of the worst box office movies of the franchise. And like, and again, these are all little factors that are building up to bigger things. It's a, it's yep. a building block. It's not one thing. It's a bunch of little things. And certain things push through. Like Barbenheimer, what we were talking about earlier. There are, there, this isn't, like, you can't just chalk anything up to one thing. Uh, again, I must say, critical thing I'm sure Aaron has thoughts. I've I've talked a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I, listen. Aaron, Aaron's been here on the island. I've been yeah. locked down <laughs> on the island for two years. I am that person on the wall. So to hear everybody out here talking about it is hysterical. Now, when everybody was like, "Nah, man," people just like superheroes and movies anymore. I was like, "Okay, Ruby was all right. It was okay. That Shazam movie wasn't even that bad." And people were like, "Oh my god, everything's in trouble." And I'm just like. No one is paying $200 for them, their spouse, and their kids to go to the movie theaters eight times in a summer. It's not. Listen here. I, I, I know I'm, like, skewed because I live out here in Los Angeles. But, like, there's Disneyland. There's Wild Rivers. There's going <laughs> to the beach. There's all these things. There's We have to go to SummerSlam. We have to go to, you know, Disney World, fan vacation, traveling. Like, you're not just competing with the movies anymore. Like, it's not, that's not what this is. Everything. You're competing with freaking Fortnite and Roblox and all kinds of other weird stuff that was just not the case in 2017. When Brandon said that, I really sat back and was like, dang, my life is different, man. Like, my whole, my whole everything was just very, mm-hmm. very different in 17. People buying tickets I, to see Brandon Davis wrestle now. I mean, right. <laughs> go, go, beat the rush. Uh, I just don't understand what, like, it's, it's going to be fascinating if Deadpool is as big as we think it is. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four is as big as we think it is. And Superman is as big as we think it is. What happens to this whole Superman superhero fatigue thing? Mm-hmm. What happens to that? I, I just, I, is is. Variety just going to start writing articles that are nice to Marvel again after two years of slagging it off during this proxy battle? Maybe. Who knows? Tune in to find out. So I I think it's a bunch of different factors. I I just I've never believed I'm like, guys, like because that one that one day in Slack, me and Jenna were talking about that weird poll they sent out of moviegoers when they were like when's the last time you went to see a movie before barbie and 85 percent of them said like before the pandemic and i'm like something something's in the water that means anything man that doesn't just mean barbie that means any movie period 
Like you didn't come in the theater to see nothing. Mm-hmm. Not even when everybody was crying to be back outside. Y'all would just went to Baskin Robbins and not anything else. Like y'all didn't go <laughs> to movie theater. Like I've I've been in I've been in some places since the like pandemic ended or like whatever. Like we were back outside because it ain't really over. But like you know, like I've been outside in a packed roller skating rink with four hundred people in it, and I'm like, I ain't never seen the movie theater this on jump since Multiverse of Madness. This is this is wild. Or a Barbie when it was when it was out. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, this fe- it does feel like that thing that moment the movie theaters feared. They talk about it every year at CinemaCon. Like people are starting to shift away from theaters for sure because of how much stuff is available at home. Whether it's superhero fatigue, streaming, all this stuff, it's just easy to watch stuff <laughs> Richard, at home. Too. Richard, can I get Chris Chipperson comment up on the screen, please, please from from Twitch? <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? You got better web, buddy? My mama would have definitely said that to me when I was in high school, for sure. I want to add, too, that going to the movies is my favorite thing in the world. I don't have children. I have AMC A-list. So I, I, even if I, even if A-list didn't exist, I would budget for movies. Cause that's what I love to do. But also yeah. I have to add that going to the movies isn't the same as it used to be because there's no theater etiquette anymore. Who yes. wants to pay $200 for their family when everyone's on their phone? I had an Uber yes. driver yesterday. I was complaining to this about, because I'll, I'll preach about it to anybody who will listen. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> put your, he's like, put your dimmer all the way down i'm like no even on the lowest setting it's yeah. still light pollution it's a pitch black theater if you have your phone out for a second to check the time you are bothering everyone around you you are talking to the person next to you everyone can hear you it is a quiet silent dark experience and i don't blame people for not wanting to go pay money to have people talk around them if you don't want oh i want to strangle everybody Just like and this is part of the problem too there's no etiquette everyone the pandemic broke everybody's brains it broke all all oh, of your brains. <laughs> Friday about to be lit, y'all. Y'all need to come back from Adam Webb. You Seriously. think it's crazy right now? Yeah. You need to come back Friday from Adam Webb. I have heard the stories that when Jamie gets excited in theater, Aaron gets hit. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine if somebody has their cell phone out next to Jamie. <laughs> I, I try the other day I had to these two people in front of me were just talking and normally I'll move to the front row because if it's an empty theater I don't want a confrontation I'll move but it was a packed theater and they were talking the whole time and like I'm like I'm so sorry to be that person can you please stop talking I'm so sorry I apologized three times to these people because I had to talk to them but like one time a guy had his cell phone out bright light everywhere and I was like I'm no. so sorry your phone, your phone is really bright and he goes oh I'm so sorry he the problem was he he turned it off and he apologized, but he didn't know he was doing something wrong. And that blew my mind. Ooh, <laughs> and now that guy's funeral's next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick, we're running out of time here. Jamie just Jamie just highlighted the show. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to, to cut the fun here. I know I'm the big bad of the show today, but we gotta talk Deadpool real quick, real quick. We still got a spicy nugget real quick. Jenna, hit us with your Secret Wars bit. Yeah, so uh, we missed this in our immediate reaction episode because there was only so much we could process and it is very much in the corner of the screen. I think Richard has the visual aid to pull it up right now. Um, There is a Secret Wars comic in the final shot of the Deadpool trailer. Uh, You can kind of see it over in the corner. People have also noticed after the fact that on top of that Secret Wars Wars comic is the Hulk soda from the Incredible Hulk movie. So we have that little tie too. So if we're in the void, we're just... 
Yeah, if we're just like throwing random things from previous movies in there, then that's how that soda's there. And the Secret Wars comic is somehow there. It's from the newer iteration of Secret Wars. I think it's like Secret Wars number five. So yeah, what do y'all think about it? And it has Doctor Doom on the cover. Mm -hmm. My mind is blown. I mean, certainly I feel like this is all being set in the void from Loki and stuff is just getting pruned out there. And Deadpool was probably reading that book or something. And it's just going to be a joke about how. But I mean, that that void is going to be just an Easter egg dream. You know what I mean? I think there's going to be so much stuff from previous films. We saw the Thanos copter in there once. Yeah. Bosses breakdown mentioned that's the issue where Battle World gets formed. Hmm. So the void of Loki could very well be Battle World. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I love it. It's connected. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, And then the other thing I want to talk about is TVA. First of all, is this a new... Oh, another Hulk reference while we talk about this. The the bed from... The Hulk's bed from Thor Ragnarok. Those teeth that Deadpool... They're like those big old dinosaur-looking teeth that actually seems to be the bed that Hulk used in Thor Ragnarok. uh, Seems to be in there, which makes sense because Thor Ragnarok was one of the movies we saw on the screens at this new TVA. So let's talk about the TVA, which we have a visual for as well. This could be a new TVA. We noticed the costumes are different. Matthew McFadden is there. He was obviously not in Loki. He could be Paradox. We talked about that on Sunday night's immediate reaction episode. But if you look at this, if you look really closely at this TVA, this makes me think maybe it is the same TVA or they're just really in touch with what's going on at TVA because that painting in the back seems to be the updated version of the loom, which was before Loki became the tree. So remember when they were trying to get the throughput multiplier expanded in the temporal aura and all that jargon stuff that I was fun to try to pay attention to and act like we understood. Yeah. That seems like the timelines are going in one side. It's got a little like infinity hourglass in the center. And then the timelines are throughput to the other side. Seems like a clear connection to that moment of what they were trying to accomplish in Loki. Now this kind of puts me on both sides of the fence. Is this a new TVA that's kind of operating like with the sort of new flow of time existing and all being held together? Or is this one that's kind of their information goes as far as thinking the throughput multiplier and all that stuff works and the timelines are able to coexist and output the energy for TVA in the way that this is portrayed. Either way, I thought that was an interesting uh, reference back there on the wall in the back. I would not be surprised if this is a different TVA. I think like beyond just the costuming and the aesthetics and everything, I think that there there is something to that narrative that could be really interesting because I I know they've probably described this, but not fully of like the TVA exists in relation to time, but it doesn't necessarily exist in relation to the multiverse. So the idea of there being another TVA isn't necessarily unheard of in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't have too much I, to say about that. I'm rooting for it to be just one, because if you want this to be as easy to follow, if people are complaining about like things being complicated, it just needs to be one. I don't I know that it would be cool. I saw all the people in our reaction. It's a different TVA. The color coding is different. No, I just the the, the green areas of it are where they process people. He's not Mm -hmm. in the time theater. That's why it's green. I mean, you've got the the weird Loki mural replacing all the Kang murals. Will there be a big, big thing of Tom Hiddleston's face in it is what I'm wondering. I hope so. (laughs) Did y'all see how big the TVA was? Did you see how big the TVA was in Loki? Like that whole area. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's a big place. Yeah. So it's huge. We saw little portions of it. And also we saw the TV money version of it. Like, (laughs) that's let's be, not that the Disney plus shows don't have big budgets, but we all know movie budgets are different. Movie costumes are different. It's always Captain America's getting a new costume than he had. 
in Falcon Winter Soldier. Everything always changes a little bit when it goes from TV to movies. We know that. So I think and hope it might be the same TVA. But if that is paradox, then you know that does introduce a whole new, a whole new uh, possibility there. All right, spicy nugget of the week, Aaron. Send us home. Oh boy! So for this week's spicy nugget of the week, I had a bunch of submissions, and then Marvel decided to drop just absolute cluster. What is the pruning bombs on whatever we we're gonna do? So I picked out something from the trailer I feel like was underutilized. Richard, you got my image, buddy. Like. There's this weapon that's highlighted when the dude that everybody thought was Doom, because everybody just wants Doom to be in this as quickly as possible. God bless y'all. I, I the hope, the eternal hope that from this fan base is something to behold. But this weapon has not been talked about. And I think that some people over at Looper might have figured this out. Now, if you're very, very sensitive to any kind of whatever spoilers might be about the movie, uh, get friends in the chat, alert people when they can listen if they don't want anything spoiled. But the first appearance of Mr. Paradox, or at least the biggest appearance of Mr. Paradox in Marvel Comics, is She-Hulk Volume 2, Number 3. And so I went to Jenna to, to confirm, because yes. she's the authority on this. Um, and the story is basically... Hawkeye is going to die. She-Hulk tells him he's going to die. She gets pulled to the TVA, and they judge her for inadvertently starting a multiversal war. And then they threaten to destroy her with something that, that they call the retroactive cannon, which I don't know about you. It seemed like it would probably be some sort of pruning device, but bigger, and uh, that, that looks a lot like what we got going on here. So is is that going to be a part of this? Like maintain the canon through that, through pruning, uh, but in some sort of different way where it's slightly different than Kang because we got seeds in Loki that people would have different factions within the TVA. Everybody's not just going to go along with, we're just going to preserve the timelines and everything's great necessarily. What do you guys think? I absolutely think you're right. I think that this is something like this. They're all being very purposeful with these kind of Easter eggs. And if Matthew McFadden is really paradox, I, I see some version of that tool also being used. So I'm glad that you caught that. I will never disagree with Aaron. I dig it. <laughs> I'm, I'm agreed. Listen, like uh, incursion could just be as simple as, hey, yo, there's a plot hole. And that's why you weren't supposed to be here. That's why we have weird incursions. And what is more full of plot holes than stuff from them X-Men timelines? Because as <laughs> I'm learning through us re-watching them, I'm like, buddy, it is complicated. Whew. Is that a helicarrier in the back? It yes. is. It yeah, sure is. Field helicarrier. That's just, that's, that's, it just has to be the void. Like, this just has to be. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, the fact that 20th Century Fox logo is in the same place. Like, there's probably going to be a joke that Disney is just pruning the Fox in general. So it's no longer in our timeline. But yeah, I like it. Aaron, you're, you, I, I, just give me a little piece of that intelligence. I'll take this shred. <laughs> He's like, that's a little taste. Yeah, just, just give me a little bit. All right, Aaron, you're at the top of the screen. Any last words for today's show? Uh, it's at some like horror on Twitter. Um, go read the hard work of all the people at yieldcomicbook.com breaking down what is Herbie. The fantastic forecasting. Jenna's hysterical piece that's like, this should be set in the 60s from two years ago. <laughs> two years ago, Jenna said this. And now it's all coming to prison. Also, happy birthday, Jamie. Yeah. Happy birthday, girl. Hey. <laughs> 
Thank you. Don't sing this whole thing. We'll get like copyright strikes. Who owns birthdays? Who does that? The god of birthdays. Yeah. The god of birthdays. Oh, oh look at that. I, I guess little... I'm on the screen. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Um, yes, I'm 34 tomorrow. Thank you so much. I have two things to say before we go. First, uh, somebody in the comments earlier was like, I can't turn my phone off in the movies. I have kids. Okay, great. Put it in your pocket. And if you feel it vibrate, get up and walk out of the theater and then answer it. Simple. Solved. Awesome. Number two, the second thing I have to say. Oh, look at all these messages. Thank you. No, I do want to turn it into a uh, get nice because we got really, we were fighting today. We argued. We 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 ganged up on BD. But I I want to say happy Valentine's Day. I love you all. I know that this um, this holiday can be hard for some people because it can be seen as a romantic holiday. I've always seen it as a friendship holiday where you share your love with friends. Every year on Valentine's Day, I've made my own thing. I watch Die Hard. I know it's a Christmas movie. That's not the point. Um, and I do it with friends where we just have a good time. This is my 16th annual Die Hard Valentine's Day uh, because 16 years ago I decided that I didn't want to be feel weird on this day. So if you feel weird on this day, watch Die Hard. Watch something that makes you happy. Call your friends. Uh, it, this can be whatever you want it to be. And I love you all. Man, trying to follow that is a tall yeah. order. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on social media. As always, go read some comics. Go read Fantastic Four comics. Um, if you need anywhere to start and you liked the aesthetic of the concept art that came out today, go read Fantastic Four Life Story. That's a newer edition that is beautiful and kind of like recontextualizes the group's history. And just go hunt for the original Fantastic Four stuff from Stanley and Jack Kirby because there's a reason why it is so iconic and you have plenty of time to prepare before the movie. All right, y'all. That's our show. Thank you so much to Fantastic Four. We can finally rest. We can look out on a grateful universe and rest. We did it. We survived. We're on the other side. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy birthday, Jamie. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to all our new subscribers. If you're not subscribed, subscribe now. Leave a five-star review. Play our show for your mom. Play it for your dog. Anything to get us a plus one on the download count, on the view count, so we can send it out to every publicist and say, send us the biggest stars in the world so we can have fun with them. We have some spotlight episodes. We got Madam Web on Friday. So much going on in the world, uh, in the Marvel world, and we really appreciate y'all spending the time listening to us yap our yaps about it. We will see you on Friday for the Madam Web spoiler-filled review.